welcome to the Diabolical Film Show, a podcast about old films, new films, and the people who make them. My name is Ash, and with me I have my old mate Richie. Hello, mate. How's it going? It's gone just fine and dandy, mate. Fine and dandy. I don't believe that for a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, here we are, mate. It's the Halloween episode. Ooh, Ooh scary. Ooh. Is it, though? Is it? Well, you have a look in my sock drawer, mate. Look in my laundry bin. Uh, no, no, let's not do that. There's only, there's only so much I can actually take. So it's our Halloween episode. Uh, so what what we're going to be talking about today, mate? Well, how about how about scary films that def- that defined genres, the horror genre in specifically? How about that? Hey, that's spooky that I've prepared something on that subject. Spooky, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it is just spooky. Pun intended. Holy shit. Yeah, all right. Let's talk, let's talk about that then. Like he says it in like it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, everything else is a surprise. So let's let's start. Let's start way back. Way back. Way back when. I'm gonna do the Scooby Doo back in time thing. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get onto the films, then what kind of inspired? What inspired kind of the horror genre? Then what? Because I think you got to go back to, I suppose, Mary Shelley and Frankenstein. Well, you can, you? Go, you can go further back than that. Oh, go on then. Go you on. You can go Astound further back me. than that. How about The Haunted Castle? The Haunted Castle by that George Melier fella. You know, the one with the moon and the rocket sticking out your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a film, though. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. That came out in 1897. Ex- Shelley's Frankenstein was written in 1818. So I'm, I'm, I've beat you. I've topped you. In ah, dates, but, top trumps. But, but, I've gone back further than you have. But Melies put I've it on back film. To the year of your birth, 1818. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but you were there to smack me ass <laughs> and have me over. <laughs> and what an ass <laughs> is what they said afterwards. <laughs> yes, what an ass. Um, yeah, we got we had Mary Shelley's um, Frankenstein in 1818. Then you had the likes of Edgar Allan Poe. He was around a bit later than that. And he was writing things like The Raven in 1845. Bram Stoker. Yeah. I'm, I'm listing kind of the classics here, but Bram Stoker in 1897, he wrote Dracula. And then a little bit later on, a little bit later on, which kind of influenced some of the kind of, the later films, I suppose, that we probably might talk about, because I don't know what you're going to talk about, yeah. was H.P. Lovecraft, and he, he did Call of Cthulhu in 1926. But you are right. You are right in what you said with George Melee, with um, Melise. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that properly. The, the Devil's Castle or The Haunted Castle. The Haunted or... Castle, yeah. yeah. And that's on YouTube, Pop Pickers. It's about three minutes and something seconds long. It's not a long watch, but give it a go, and you'll see there's little tropes in there. There's a flying bat. There's there's witches. There's there's people disappearing and reappearing. Well, he was he essentially he was. It's all he, good. He was just showing off what he could do with camera tricks, wasn't he? And at that point, people didn't realise there were camera tricks. Exactly. He just thought he was magic. There's smoke. Um, there's people. Stop. It's yeah. It's by the numbers stuff, you know, these days. But back then. It was a major thing. You can bet people were running from the theatre screaming, it not believing the thing, mince yeah. pies. So, are we are we saying that that is kind of the first kind of tiptoes tiptoes in to the horror genre? Then are we? Is that I'd what we're say saying? so. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
And then what? What would you have as the next one? Well, Looking back now, I, I've, I've, I would go for personally Nosferatu two 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 two, two. Nosferatu two, two. Nosferatu whatever Nosferatu. You, you, you want to call it. Nineteen twenty two. Nineteen twenty two. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my, like my you... date top trumps again. Oh, I'm gonna do date top trumps. Fuck's sake. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna state that I think the first full length feature film horror feature film I'd say would be the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari, um, which came out just after the after the war, the First World War. I hate the First World War, uh, which is kind of classed as the first true horror film. Now mm-hmm. I admit, now what you're saying with Dosferatu, I I agree that is probably the most iconic, but I think. As a, as a milestone in horror, yeah, I think the yeah. the cabinet of Dr. Caligari in from nineteen twenty, um, it's just over an hour long. It's the old classic post-war German expressionist. Oh, hang on, is this is this? Are we treading into um, what's name's bollocks at her, uh, arena? Are we here now? Are we are we going? Ooh, are am we? I going? Ooh, ooh. no, I didn't. I didn't do that at all. No, well, that's <laughs> that's what that's what the 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 style of the film is. It's post-war German expressionism, right? Because it's like you know, it's all kind of dark, gothic, interpretive dance. Oh, what Lord of the Dance? That's, interpretive that's dance. <laughs> interpretive dance. Yeah, <laughs> um, kind of very fairy tale like. And they had like painted shadows. It's kind of it's, and and the key thing here is it had a twist ending. It's the first film that people can remember back, or as far as I can do, seeing with my research anyway, that had um, a twist ending at the end. Oh. And it has inspired things like Shutter Island and things of that nature, with that kind of twist ending. Well, it's very similar. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you got to give it a bit of due for that, a bit, a bit of credit for that. Okay. Twist endings. Twist endings, right. as far okay. as it goes. And... So it's a double whammy, really, and classed as the first true horror film, Doctor okay. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, 1920. But then, yep, you're right, I would say Nosferatu. Nos- Nosferatu. Is probably yeah. more recognisable. Well, they've got to really remake it again, aren't they? So say, nah, I in, think, in well, the next couple of years. has it been remade? Um, probably a few, actually. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure, Don. G- goes a... I know there's, I can think of three off the top, well, the original one, then they remade it again in the, in the 70s, and they've just done it again, haven't they, with Willem Dafoe. Or a version of it. Yeah, there's another one coming up with Bill Skarsgård oh, as um, Count Olaf. Yeah, so it's got legs and wings. Yeah, leg- legs, wings, and furry teeth. And smoke. Um, yeah. The thing, yeah, but do you know why it was called Nosferatu? Pot pickers. You're going to tell me. Come I'm on. I'm going to tell you. Educate me. I shall adopt the learning position. Because they did not want to pay the rights for Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> So they borrowed the story, <laughs> changed it to Count Olaf, and pretty much ripped well, it off. Yeah, that nice. Was, that was pretty much the way it's called Nosferatu, and then you have Count Olaf. But it is, it is a classic, isn't it? That's, that's good. And again, like you said, it is that is also. And considering it's uh, it's silent as well, it's when you watch it, it's yeah. good. It's, it is good. It, sounds, it is good. Weirdly, is it? a lot of the majority of it, I'd say, the majority of it stands up today. Yeah. Shot wise, and you know, story. There's nothing wrong with the story. It's Dracula, essentially. You know, shot wise, works. Good yeah. shots in there. It's, and it's really like, good. Wow. I, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Reaching for something it, here, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but no, no. I was very, 
pleasantly surprised, considering. And and another thing, which is very strange from this time as well, is the film's about an hour and a half long. I know. All the other films, and some of the films we're going to mention probably, I'm guessing, in a minute, um, were about an hour, just over an hour long. That was an hour and a half. Yeah. An hour and a half for a silent film. I mean, that is... Again, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. But no. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was actually quite good. Although the, the most iconic, some of the most iconic scenes are right at the end. So if you do want to That's go and watch right, it yeah. on um, YouTube, you skip to the end if you want YouTube. to see that bit. Everybody, for free. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Gratis. Yeah. And there's a HD version of it on YouTube as well. I'd go for that one. The other one's a, the other one's a bit hokey. But yeah, it's, it's good. Give it a go. Mm. Definitely give it a go. Yeah. So we've, we've gone from um, 1897 then, from the Haunted Castle. In, through the 20s, into 22. But then we kind of move into the 30s. Into the 30s? Into now, the 30s. Well, I've gone for Frankenstein. James Whale and Frankenstein. You just can't. It's iconic. Everything it, about that film is... Yeah. You can't. It's, it, it's, it's the whole package. The whole Tamala. It's got the whole... It's got everything, has it? it I, I, yeah. It's got the story. It's got the look. The iconic. It's got the look. The set yeah. pieces in there, it, it just ticks. It is a horror fan's wet dream with <laughs> what's it ticking, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it's that iconic, they still reference it today. This is very true. It still harks back to, you know, back yeah. in the day. It, it, it's, it's alive, still, it's alive. Well, exactly. It's, quoted. it's pop culture up to its ass in pop culture. There you go. That It's very true, yeah, and even... And, it was the uni- kind of the Universal's golden age of horror, though, wasn't it? That kind of time. Well, yeah. It started with the Hunchback of Notre Dame um, and Phantom of the Opera with the god that is Lon Chaney. Yeah, there's... And then you had something called The Last Performance, which I've never heard of, if I'm completely honest. And then a few months well, no, the before Invisible Frankenstein... Man's in there as well, isn't he? But... That's, late, that's later on. That's later on. But a few months before Frankenstein was Dracula. And I would put Frankenstein over Dracula as well, because you've had Nosferatu. Yeah, it exactly. beat it. It beat it, even though it wasn't Dracula. Technically, it is. It is. And Dracula, when it came out, wasn't actually that well-received. It was a bit ponderous and slow. Mm. Uh, well, well, looking back, it's ponderous and slow. If you look back at it now, at the time, it was sort of apologies. It was well received, but Frankenstein, it is just it classic is. horror, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And again, some of that. It's not. I mean, it's not just the Jack Pierce makeup either. I mean, the Jack Pierce makeup obviously is. It's just. It's so iconic. It. It could almost have been made yesterday. How it is. It, it's just perfect. It really is. And but it's, it's not. It's not horror as what we would class horror now. You know, you can't judge. There's a lot of these films, especially the early ones. You can't judge them by today's standards. No, you've got you've got to look you know? at it back, back at, as as it was intended back in the day. Yeah. But the thing is, with that film, right? When you if people haven't watched that film, go and watch Frankenstein, the 1931 yeah. video. Yeah. You're, you're not going to regret it. It is very good, and it stands up very, very well. And I'll tell you what: when you first see, if you haven't seen it before, look at it now. It's probably it's tame, obviously. But back then, 1931. The monster kills kills a girl. Yeah, he drowns a girl. Yeah, and then th- th- there's there's a cracking scene where the carrying uh, the father's I don't know how he worked out he's been she's been murdered but yeah um, ca- carrying the body through yeah that's a like a limp girl's body through the town square that is just that's, that's back heavy game and I mean I think the only time I can remember seeing a film where the kid gets it was Assault on Precinct Thirteen. 
Yeah, even today, they're scared of killing kids yeah. off. But I in mean, the thirties, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a shock, isn't it? And then you've got um, there is some kind of quite grim bits in where he, now the, the thing I didn't get actually, the thing I didn't get with Frankenstein, right? And obviously, right, so Frankenstein directed by James Whale, and you've obviously got um, Colin Clive, obviously as Henry Frankenstein, ah, not Victor Frankenstein. Henry Frankenstein. Yes. And then they call his mate Victor. They switch the names around. I, I don't know why. Yeah. Mm. Anyone out there know why they switch the names around? Let us know. Send us the answer I'd... on a postcard. Yes. Yeah, answer on a postcard to Blue Peter at P.O. Box. <laughs> and don't phone in. It's just for fun. Um, and then obviously you've got the monster. The monster is, is Boris Karloff. Now, people obviously remember Boris Karloff as, as the monster. And they say, oh, the makeup's amazing. Yeah. By Jack Pierce, like I said. But I still think Lon Chaney's is the when it comes to because mm. he did his own makeup, you know, back in well, yeah, you know, back in Notre Dame and Phantom, he was amazing. I'm still behind Boris on this one. He is the definitive. If you were to say to someone in the street, Frankenstein, draw me Frankenstein, you get a representation of there you would, yeah, yeah of yeah, Boris yeah. Karloff, yeah. But also, I'd say now equally as iconic is the Bride of Frankenstein from 1939. That kind of it's, shock it's of big hair, Marge Simpson, what? big booth, isn't it? It is the Marge Simpson booth, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> the Bride of Frankenstein inspired the Simpsons. There you go. You hear it here first <laughs> on the on the Diabolical <laughs> Film Podcast. I'm having that. <laughs> That's mine. Okay, moving on then. 1931. What was what what your next? What's, you see, no. I, I'm, I might call you out on this one. I don't on. know. Now, I've not got. Because obviously, 40s, there was a, you know, there was a war on. It sort of like gets in the way of, of stuff. But well, films, don't, no one's mentioned it. Don't mention the war. But I've got a. It's, it's a film. It's not a horror film, but it's a film. But it, it pushed. It pushed the envelope. So I'm going to deviate a little bit okay, to, to get us into the 40s. I've got a 40s one as well, actually. I'm going to deviate. Oh, right, go on. Mine is Citizen Kane, purely for the fact it pushed how film was, was done, the shots. Okay, can I, can I refer you back to what this podcast was about? I did say, <laughs> I did say it's not horror, and it's, but Citizen Kane, it pushed movie making forward. It did, but it's not horror. I know it's not horror. So I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, this. what's yours then? I'm going to say Cat People. Cat People. 1942, Cat People. And do you know what? I, I, there's a reason I'm bringing this up as well, right? So what do you and I both hate in horror films nowadays? Cheat, a cheap horror gimmick. Well, the jump scare. The jump scare. It is a lazy, lazy way of doing horror. Fill your film full of jump scares. The first jump scare was in Cat People. Oh, for God's sake. This is why... There you go. You see? So the, it was actually called The Luton Bus, believe it or not, back, back in the day. Now, I, had to, I did have to Google this to work out what this was. <laughs> so I had no idea why it's called Luton Bus. Well, apparently, the, one of the producers on, on the film, Cat People, uh, was a guy called Val uh, Luton. And he uh. essentially came up with this... This thing. So there's a bit in it where the heroine, I think it's played by Simone Simon, it, she's walking along the street and it's a shot of her walking along the street. It's all kind of, you know, dark and, dark and, and, spot, and spotlighted well, yeah. with the lamps and stuff. And then she looks behind and someone's following her. 
You see her, oh. someone's following her. It's all quiet, apart from the footsteps of, of both people. Okay. And then it's, and there's no music, the music's all been cut, and it's all very, very quiet. Tension building, tension building. Oh. Is she going to get it? Then there's a loud, really loud noise as this bus pulls up right in front of them and opens the doors. It's like a big uh, outlet of steam. Right, I see. As the doors open. And you, you're like, because you don't expect it. Uh, and that is the first recognisably so recorded we've got them to jump thank square. then. Yeah, bunch of bastards has, has kind of cheap ruined horror films. Did they? Did they realise it would be films. cheapened? Cheapened and unused unnecessarily. Now, used used correctly, that's completely completely fine. Like in of course. things like Jaws with the headshot and things like that, absolutely perfectly fine with the st- in that case with a stab of music. Yeah, loot and bus, or later okay. known as the cat scare. So it's essentially what it is. It's Build up of horror, but then you don't see it's horror. It's just something mm. normal coming in and making you All jump. Right. So there you go. Okay. I've got cat people in cat 1942. People. Well, a, the cat's out of the bag. So Ooh. I'm, I'm going to jump in with another one as well, because after that, there's a bit of a sparse period. <laughs> yeah, the 50s. You see, again, I've gone, I've gone off-piste here. Oh, God. Now what? I've gone off-piste, because, you know, in the 50s, it was all about the nuclear... Yeah, nuclear annihilation, big, huge insects, and you UFOs. Know, exactly. And it came from the desert. Yeah. And the, bi- the, the biggest one is, of course, it's Godzilla, 1954. Okay. So I've gone. No, I've, 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 I'm, it's better than fucking Citizen Kane that you've come up with. At least it's slightly <laughs> on, on point. At least there's a monster in it. Exactly. Fucking so it's, it's Godzilla. <laughs> right, okay. And along with, with Godzilla, you had loads of other stuff, didn't you? Yeah. Them, the giant ants, ants, Spy- yeah, yeah. ants, yeah, yeah, yeah giant, everything yeah. was yeah. giant. Everything was oh, there's someone tinkering with the oh radioactive waste, and you had the Satan yeah, the, bug, and yeah, because oh. it, well, it was the threat of nuclear annihilation, yeah. wasn't it? And the commie threat, and the that's well, no, so that's why you had the UFOs and stuff coming in because they were the threat from the and so on and so forth. Body but, snatchers. When was the first body snatchers? Um, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to Google it. Google um, it. Body snatchers. Let's have a look. I'm thinking late fifties or very early sixties. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers was 1956. So yeah, so it's, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same sort it, of thing, isn't it? It's that. It's that threat from the east. Um, but sorry, you didn't make the cut because you didn't really define a genre. You didn't really change anything. But I am. No. Gonna, I have got something that is. What do you got? I've got. The Curse of Frankenstein, oh, for God's 1957. Now, have a wild stab in the dark why I'm, why I'm going to go with The Curse of Frankenstein. The Curse of Frankenstein. Because the film itself is, uh, well, there's a, there's a couple of things, actually, but the film itself, nothing overly special. Well, it ain't a sequel, because you, you've had The Bride of Frankenstein, so it's yeah, nothing been, to do with yeah. sequelitis. No, there's been loads of, there's loads, loads of sequels. Yeah, it's nothing 19, to do with that. 1957. Oh, uh, colour? Yes. The first, <laughs> the first, well done, mate. Yeah. Uh, and that's me, just, I have not got any, <laughs> any Google open at all. I'm like, here we oh, go. I've not got Google open. I've just done research. Um, it's the, <laughs> research it's, well, there's two research. things. Like, there's, there's two things it's kind of known. Well, that's the main thing, actually. It's the first colour horror film. And it's Hammer. And, and that gave wow. us two of the most iconic people in in horror peter cushing and christopher, oh, christopher lee, lee were both in that film and that's where they that's where they kind of bonded their friendship 
in that film. And Friendship or, their bondage. In, in, yeah. No, I like your your version better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's stay away from that from that version. Um, but yeah, first horror film. So like I said it's the film itself is, is no, it's, it's nothing nothing to stand out about. But it gave us Christopher Lee and Peter well, yeah. Cushing, and it's the first okay. film, and it's Hammer. So That's, yay, yeah, go Brits. Okay, yo, fly the flag, Woo-hoo. fly the flag. Okay, we're into the sixties. Oh, there's the biggie. Come on. It's the only film worth mentioning, really, isn't it? In sixties, now I've I've got I've got three. <laughs> uh, but I bet they're not more famous than Psycho. No, well, one one's probably close-ish, but the, no, the the other one, yeah, Psycho. Psycho. Now, I'm going to mention another film which came out the same year, Psycho, on exactly the same subject called Peeping Tom. Have you heard of that? I have. So Peeping I Tom. Have. Does this does this sound familiar? A young man murders women using a movie camera, in this case, um, yeah. to film their dying expressions of terror. Um, directed by Michael Powell, uh, writer Leo Marx, and stars Carl Heinz, Bohm, Anne Massey, and Moira, Moira, oh my mm. Lord, Moira Shearer. Um, now, both serial killer films, technically. Both kills off the stars. Yeah. But why don't we hear now of Peeping Tom? Why do we only hear of Psycho? Because Psycho is a better film. Psycho was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, Psycho had bigger stars, and Psycho was just better. Probably better marketing, I'd say. Well, pa- well, partially, yeah, but also both are shown from the killer's perspective. After a, well, in Psycho, from a certain point, but in Peeping Tom, what he did was he he, he filmed his the the kills, which going back to nineteen sixty, quite you know uh. quite a grim thing to do. But what he did was, um, the director of Peeping Tom, that's Michael Powell, he, he brought the audience in. So the audience were also viewing the kills through the means of the lens. Right. So and that it made them feel grubby and dirty. That smacks to me that of Maniac. Yes. And things like Henry's portrait of a serial killer and th- mm. things like that. That kind of change that, in that tone from the point film. Of view, the point of view can change, like you say, the tone of everything. So I wonder why it brought the audience into this like voyeuristic, make them feel seedy because they were in on it type of thing. But Hitchcock doesn't. He doesn't draw attention to that. No. He just goes out for the shock. Now, the thing was, right, Peeping Tom pretty much destroyed the director's career because of that. Ooh. Because people found, felt it was awful. Felt the film was all, not. It was a bad film. Oh right! But they, they, they didn't like the way it felt. So that'd be why then we don't really know about. That's why Peeping we don't hear Tom. about it. Peeping Tom. But Psycho, yeah, everyone's heard of Psycho. Um, yeah. because Pop it's culture, Psycho, the first know. film to kill off the the star within the first. I don't know what was it. Quarter it's of the quite film, a while. First quarter of the film. Yeah, third it's of the qu- film. Third of the film, I think. Yeah, because it it turns from like a and it's from a thriller essentially it into changes a horror. genre. It does change genre, it does, yeah. You know, genre-bending film. Beat, beat Tarantino, Mr. Wordy Bollocks. <laughs> he did, yeah. So, um, <laughs> the vampire film, was it? Dust Till Dawn. Dust Till Dawn, yeah. Dust Till Dawn, beat Dust Till Dawn to the punch. And even things, even things like Scream as well, which I, I don't mm-hmm. particularly like, but Scream at the beginning, you know, we've got Drew Barrymore, spoilers, the first ten minutes, you haven't watched it by now, I don't care. <laughs> um... <laughs> Where she gets killed within the first ten minutes, and actually, that's the first, that's the best ten minutes of that film. The rest of it's self-referential crap, well, but um, over over-egged. 
But yes, so Psycho definitely, yeah. Obviously um, directed by Hitchcock, um, written by Joseph Stefano. That's based, uh, that's a screenplay by, but it's based on a novel by Robert Block and stars Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee, as everyone knows. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, that's fair it's, enough. Yeah, that's still But there is, another, there is another film. There is another film. Go on then. Um, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Gave us zombies. Well, it, it popularized the zombie genre and turned it into what it is today. But I Walked With a Zombie, 1943, was the first zombie film, believe it or not. <sighs> yeah, but no one remembers that. No, they don't. So Night of the Living Dead, essentially, <laughs> with again, <laughs> with a shock ending. Yes. The twist ending at the yeah. end, you know? That, that, um, you that know? And again, you can watch this because it's in the public domain. You can watch this on yeah. YouTube, folks. It's on YouTube, yeah. It's all, see, we're giving you gold here, folks. Free. Free films. Free stuff. Free stuff at <laughs> Halloween. It's like giving candy to kid. Kid, don't. No, no actually, don't we'll, do that. We won't do that. No, that. You get frowned upon. So, director George A. Romero, obviously, I think everyone knows that. Um, yeah. George A. Russo was the screenplay, and obviously, also George Romero as well. And stars Dwayne Jones, Judith Adira, yeah. and Carl Hardman. Um, downbeat ending. Downbeat ending. You gotta, yeah. And that you again, don't see that very often. No, you see it in some films. Some but it's films not... still utilize it. It went out of. It went out of kind of popularity, didn't it, for a while, and then because people it, like happy endings. Like happy. Hollywood Why would you endings. want happy a happy ending? We want to see, yeah, bad stuff happen to good bad people. Bad shit happen to good people. <laughs> um, but the thing is, not Living Dead again. It was done the budget. It was a budget film which made an absolute killing, didn't it? Yeah. Hey, so I did there. That's what they all they all did, don't they? These low budget things, and then if the if the if the circumstances are right and the audience is there and the stars align. It makes an absolute shit ton of money and becomes very popular. It was done for 114,000 and then it made, it grossed approximately 30 million. It's not, not bad, bad, is, is it? it? It's not a bad return on your That's money. Not, not, that ain't bad at all. But it also, I mean, obviously it's got the zombies and all the rest of it in it and it, you know, it showed them in detail eating, mm. well, actually, real pieces of meat as it turns out. But uh, do you know why it's in the public domain? Gone. Pop quiz. Yeah. The you know at the end of every film you've got the um the little um copyright thing. Yeah, yeah. Every film ha- has a number and it's uh th- this film is number blah 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 and there's a little uh, motion picture society logo y thing. Yeah. yeah. They forgot to register it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a li- it's not licensed. There you go. I'm not gonna be funny. He made thirty million. I don't care. He's, yeah. you know, he, oh, yeah. he did all right. He did all he right did. out of it. He did. Um, well, he wouldn't have got all that money, would he? But I mean, you that know. was in the the dying years of the sixties. Unless you got something other random, <laughs> random randomness. I actually, I have. You know, oh, I have got what I've got one. Now it's not. It didn't change the genre. Well, it kind of started a bit of a genre, but it it didn't have a massive impact. But it is it's held quite highly today, and it's Rosemary's Baby. Now, is, now I thought about this. I thought about this because myself. it's the big, it's the first big budget studio horror, where the others. I mean, you have to go back to Frankenstein and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, back in the thirties. Prior to that, all the other stuff is kind of low budget. You know, cheap. I mean, some of them worked, like we said, and some of them didn't. The thing is with Rosemary's Baby, isn't it? It's it's inferred yeah. horror. You don't really see anything. It's Horror not, of the mind, psychological not taking horror, isn't it? anything away fr- from it. 
but it's like the next it's it's like a, a precursor to the omen isn't it where well there was a big one in between the omen and of and course Rosemary's baby there is yes vomiting school kids <laughs> spinning heads and having sexy time with crucifixes um That's the exorcist it. the exorcist so I've only put Rosemary's Baby on there because I'm not classing it as John. It didn't change. It's not had the impact, I think, today. If you look back in that period, people remember The Exorcist. But Rosemary's Baby does have a following. It does, yeah. It's not a bad film at all. It's a pretty good film. So Rosemary's Baby was Roman, Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, yeah. You know, he's... Based, on a novel, based on the novel by Ira um, Levin. Uh, written for the screen by Roman Polanski, starring Mia Farrow. Enfant terrible. So it's it's a it's a big film, you know. Yeah. And it was, came from a big studio, and it made it made a decent amount of money, you know. And yeah. it introduced the devil. Well, yeah. Into That's it. It's kind of popular horror. It's like a precursor to, like I say, you know, The Omen and um, The Exorcist. Oh, which is my next one from 1973. <laughs> William Friedkin. God bless him. Friedkin. Friedkin? Friedkin, Friedkin mate. That's the one thing uh. I can't pronounce right, because I know this film back to front. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a real shocker. One. I mean, Rosie's Baby again. Shock ending yet again. Mm. We've got a quote, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, for thanking us for the twist ending. Yeah, but Friedkin, from, um, mm. written by Peter Blatty, William Peter Blatty, Max von Sydow, Linda Blair, obviously, and Alan Burns. Dick Smith did the uh, special effects. That's the... Dick Smith, massive special effects guy. In the early days. I mean, this is one of his classic, classic stuff that he's, he did, twisting of the head around the spider walk as well and things like that, although it was cut initially from the film. The help me appearing on a chest. Yeah. That was, you know, it's like, whoa. And that, that really did shock a lot of people. Bear in mind, we've gone from, like, shuffling zombies and your, your campy hammer house horrors, and here we go. There's crucifixes going where they shouldn't and heads spinning and swear. The swearing in this film, it's especially because it's coming from a 12-year-old. Well, he didn't, did it? Yeah, but it's inferred, isn't it? That, that Actually, she, she, she had a voice standing doing all the sweary bits. It is um, quite... That, that alone is shocking. Compared, and then you've got the visuals on top. Yeah, it was an assault. I think, and an assault on the senses yeah. of this film. And I, I, I love it. I think it's an b- absolutely brilliant film. It still stands up today. You know, it's still, it's still a good film I, mean, today. I did go to the cinema to watch it when it was re-released. Oh, was it 90, 98, 99? Mm. I was like, oh, what was all the fuss about? But again, look at it from a 1970 perspective. And I dare say a lot of people will be running out of the cinema. Mm. You know, because you've not seen nothing like it. And the music, Tubular Bells, Mike Oldfield, that's, it's, 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 it's the Exorcist theme. No, it's Tubular, no, it's the Exorcist theme. That's it. (laughs) Taken out of context, it's not scary at all. But put it with that film, I mean, the film's still good today. I I generally do think the film is still good today, and it is shocking even today. But if we're talking music, I'm going to mention The Omen, because The Omen soundtrack is phenomenal. It won an Oscar, and there's a reason it won an Oscar. It is so good, The Omen soundtrack. If you want a scary soundtrack for Halloween... Jerry Goldsmith? Yeah, I think... Jerry Goldsmith? Get The the Omen soundtrack. Put that on. Scare your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's the 70s. Well, see, the 70s was a bit of a... 
I would say that's the next golden age of horror. Nice purple patch, wasn't it, in the 70s? There's yeah, there's a lot going, there's a lot of shit going on. In, a, in, a lot happened in the 70s. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 if you if you if you're gonna go if you're gonna go and have Citizen Kane, what's your next one? And then you're gonna go on random fucking rants about yeah. that. I'm, I'm gonna call in Jaws here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my, my card here. I'm gonna call in Jaws. Okay. Jaws scared the bejesus out of me. I didn't want to go in the oh, water after that. Oh God. It's not technical horror, it's, but it's one of the first. The one thing it can claim is the first big budget summer blockbuster, wasn't it? Is that right? It was, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna call in Jaws. That, that that that's my Trump ticket for this because it is scary. It is bloody it is, scary, and it well, is gory yeah. as well. You do see a lot of shit in that. It was scary. It's not classed as a horror film, but I'm going to stick it in there. I'm going to stick it in there as a Because well, it's not mention. a horror film. Shut up. Let's move on. <laughs> so you've got... you've got. Oh, I said there's so much happened in the bloody 70s. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call in the most, probably one of the most iconic horror films now, which kind of started a... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the serial killer thing, but Halloween. Well... Yeah, I mean, you had Texas Chainsaw, and I watched that, and I was like, a bit like you with The Exorcist. Well, I love The Exorcist, but Texas Chainsaw, I was like, really? You don't see anything for a start. Ex- it's all but in the mind. It's all in the mind. Again. Exactly. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's uh, what do they call it? The, the Mandela effect, isn't it? You believe that you've seen something, but in actual fact, you don't. Yeah, so you know, Texas Chainsaw is Toby Hooper. It's to- Toby. Toby Hooper. <laughs> Toby Hooper, um, written by um, Ken Henkel and Toby Hooper as well, and stars a bunch of kids that got killed. Um, Marilyn Burns is the is the main girl in it, and then obviously you got, you've got Leatherface. I get it is an iconic horror, and there, there are some disturbing images in there, and obviously yeah. things in cannibalism and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And it's in a lot of it, like you say, is inferred, but. I think a far better film is Halloween. And Halloween, apart from a couple of scenes... Oh, that definitely still stands. It's By far, it's spooky. What what dates it is the clothes that, that they wear? Yeah, but I don't mind that. But you can't set, get it's, away it's with that. It's set in the 70s. It's, it's set in the 70s. So, yeah, but it's only know. a couple of scenes which are a bit shy. <laughs> where he puts the, the grave back on, on the bed and stuff. Oh, and yeah. that, that's That's a bit crap. So Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Music. By John Carpenter. John Carpenter, indeed. And that is, like, again, off-key, spooky. It's in the minor key, the saddest of all chords. <laughs> Written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Um, stars Donald Blenders and Jamie Lee Curtis. And he's just such a classic. It's just a force of nature, that film. Um, yeah. I think it was at one point, I don't know how long it held the title for, but it was the most successful independent horror film. Oh, wow, okay. Prior to that, the title was held by a film called Grizzly, 1976. Right. Okay, I have heard of Grizzly. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen Grizzly. It's Jaws, but with a bear. Yeah. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention Tony uh, Moran as well. He was the first Michael Myers, <laughs> um, where there's been many sins because we've had a lot of sequels. Oh, there's been loads. Loads but and loads it's, and loads it's just such a good film. And the thing is, with with this, this is like Jaws in a way. Because a lot of the time in Jaws, you don't see the shot. Well, because the bloody shot didn't work. But so they used the music, the music to infer that the shark was there. And he did and he did the same in this. And sometimes he misdirected you as well. Yeah, and yet this I think this yeah, point this is mm. a point of view as well. So you saw the point yeah. of view of the of the serial killer. And um, we could do a whole whole program on, on Halloween. It really could. But maybe in the future we will. 
but uh, it's such a good film, and it kind of kick-started that Your slasher late seventies, early eighties slasher. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. And, uh, then you got Freddy and Sleepaway Camp. Um, yeah, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street and all the rest of them. I mean, there was a lot of them kind of followed suit after that. But mm. Halloween is the first kind of, I would say, slasher film and by far the best, still the best. But, and Well, clearly, because it's still going. The, the latest one's coming out <laughs> soon. So, you know, with the, with the, so all you need to do is watch the original Halloween, then watch the, the latest three, and then you're fine. The rest of them you can take at your leisure. I'm going to mention something else in the 70s as well, which, but I, oh. I, I don't like them personally, but I think we have to mention it, and that's Italian horror and Giallo horror. So you've oh, got Suspiria stuff, and Suspiria, uh, which is, oh, uh, I'll tell you, one? I don't know what people bang on about. Tony Bray? Tony Bray? Tony Bray? The Demons, is it now with Demons and other ones as well? There's a bunch of them, kind of. They're all Dario also, Argento it's films. Dario Argento in it, yeah. It's Dario Argento. I'm not. A, I'm not a, his biggest fan. I think he's massively overrated. I'm, and if any any film critics are ever listening, you to want this, to be careful. Gonna, uh, oh, they'll come after you with pit, Simpsons burning pitchforks. I'm, I'm going to say the remake was better. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Bring it on. Come on. Bring it on. Change my mind. <laughs> Change my mind. Yeah. But you also had David Cronenberg as well, and kind of with body horror, didn't you? With Shivers and oh, Video Drone, and then later on David Cronenberg, bloody hell. Whatever happened to him? God, <laughs> he's, he's still churning them out. He is. I know he is. I know he is. He's still doing he's, he's still doing good stuff. But he's just kind of retreading old ground now. He's, he's, not, he's not changing anything new. I mean, I suppose Frankenstein is the first body horror, I suppose, true body horror. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for those people that don't know what body horror is, it's something that kind of intentionally showcases, I suppose, grotesque or psychologically disturbing mm. violations on the body, the human body, somewhat along those lines, I know. What? Watch Crash. Yeah, that Crash is another Cronenberg one. Is, yeah. yeah. Well, we're kind of we're in the 80s now. Anything in the 80s that you oh, want to mention? Oh, oh just a tad. Okay, just go Just a tad. I'm going for The Thing. Purely, purely, for the makeup effects. Purely. Okay. Purely on that on that alone. That that film is still to this day, from nineteen eighty two, the benchmark for any monster, any shape changing thing any practical effect that is still the benchmark. Change my mind, you'll fail. Well, I'm not going to change your mind. I think it's an amazing film. Yeah. Um, it, it does it does call back to uh, well, it was a remake, wasn't it? And it's one of those yeah. it's one of those remakes, actually, which is phenomenally better than better the original. Than the original, um, but mm. it does call back. This does call back to even H.P. Lovecraft, as I mentioned earlier on. So H.P. Lovecraft, this astron um, astronomical, um, this otherworldly threats from um, otherworldly Cthulhu. beings, Cthulhu, Ooh. and things like this. Uh, this is this is kind of right up Lovecraft Street. And mm. the the effects, I agree with you, are absolutely phenomenal just by phenomenal. Rob Bottin. So again, this is another John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, you could say John Carpenter's last best film. Changed my mind. I'd say, I'd say, yeah. I mean, I'm still hoping every time he brings a film out or anything, I'm, I'm there praying. Please, please be good. Please, please, you please. You can do it. But again, the, the music in this is very good, but this time it's Ennio Morricone. Morricone. John Carpenter, written by Bill Lancaster uh, and John W. Campbell Jr. 
starring Will, uh, Kurt just, Russell, Wilfred Brimley. It's Brim, just perfect. Yeah, and Keith David, and there's a bunch of others. Whenever it's, it's on an the ensemble. telly box, I'll watch it. In fact, I've seen this film, I've watched this film in German, and I know what's going on because I've seen it that often. My mate's wife, who was German, she was amazed that I could read back to her what's been said. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm the same, mate. I've seen it so many times. I love it. And I'm talking about it now. I might go down and watch it <laughs> afterwards. I love it so much. It's an absolutely fantastic film. And the making of it as well is really, really good. Oh, so if you do get the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever, um, and you can get hold of the making. In fact, the making, I think, is probably on YouTube as well. Everything's on YouTube. And if you can, listen to the director's commentary with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. Brilliant. It's so funny. It's quality. Absolutely tip-top, yeah. And it is still the granddaddy of all... Well, it's not the granddaddy. It is, it is the king of all monster films. It Actual, is. You know, visceral monster. It's so good. The designs are so good. Rob Bottin, absolutely amazing. Well, well done, dude. Ah, oh, then the 80s. So there's nothing 80s, really... There's, there was loads of stuff in the 80s. There was tons of stuff. Nothing kind of broke ground. I can't... I can't nothing stands out for me for breaking ground. No. Pro- there's probably something that we've, that we've glossed over and... Someone will be going, you said you didn't mention Burr. Yeah, if you, if you think we're wrong, no, you... you be brave. You, you try and, and tell, tell us. us. <laughs> we won't agree with you. And if we did agree with you, we'd all be wrong. But go ahead and have a go but anyway. please, yeah, please. If you, if you feel that we've, we've missed something, you know, blatantly obvious, let us know in the comments. I have got another three, which... What, in the 80s? No, I'm I'm moving on. There's a lot in the okay. 80s, but not a lot else kind of broke ground in the 80s. I mean, the majority of the breaking ground came in the 70s, then, let's be honest. Mm. Um, and then the 30s, 30s, 70s, um, and then not much after that. But then... So what's... I'm, I'm going to go to 1999. 1999. I'm going to party like it's 1999. Yeah, just to say, there's a song about that. There is, yeah, I'm not singing it, though. Um, <laughs> you'll all be glad to know. Um, I'm going to mention a film which is a standout film in horror. An absolutely amazing film called The Blair Witch Project. That is a lie. <laughs> I'm only going to make... I'm only mentioning it for one thing, one thing only, really, this film. The film itself. I, well, I like the film, I think, better than you did. What did you think of the film, Richie? Crap. He's at it. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't deserve any more words than... Crap. No, I didn't know. Um... I've only seen it once, and it was about a month ago when I've seen it. I've managed to last this long and not watch that film. Okay. And so I didn't know. I've stayed away from any of the... Didn't know, you know, how it ended. Nothing. The ending. Wow. Screaming. Someone stood in a corner, and then the camera falls over. What an ending. It's great. <laughs> but it, I'm sold. It, but it... I mean, it introduced the genre. It introduced the found footage genre, really. It may, or it, there might have been another film before it, and someone's going to put there me. There is, there is. There's, there's. But this is the one that put it on the map, and purely because of the genius marketing. Campaign the marketing. I will give this. you kudos for marketing. There was that used the internet and or social media, the the fledgling social media as it was back then. It used it brilliantly it did yeah i mean it it's, for, for people that don't know so the blair witch project essentially is a bunch of kids go off looking 
for um, the Blair, Witch. Blair Witch, essentially, in, in the woods. In the woods. But the marketing yeah. campaign, what they did essentially was the filmmakers said, "This is we found this footage of these yeah. of these kids, and they're missing. And they put it on the internet that these kids are missing, and yeah. people actually went but looking for the fucking it. kids. Yeah, they that, believed that, it. That it was quite high there. Only dogs could not been <laughs> This sort of thing hadn't been done before, so everyone believed them. Lock stock. They even had IMDb. IMDb was around back then, and they had the the actors as missing, as dead. It is genius. First viral marketing campaign, really. Yeah. That that stands out. And it was absolutely genius. One. Yeah. Right? And then, again, so if we thought back back early on that um The Night of the Living Dead did well money wise, right? This cost sixty grand. Sixty thousand yeah. dollars to make. Sixty. Not hundred and fourteen, sixty thousand dollars. And made two hundred and forty eight million dollars. That's, $248 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. That was very work again. Very, very clever. I'll, I'll doff my cap. Marketing. Class. Now, the, the, th- the thing is, I agree with Richie to a point. Not fully, because I can't, because I, I feel wrong. It, it rather, it, it, it feels dirty. and it, it, It's sooner burst into flames than say, Richie, you were right. You're not right. The beginning of it, I, quite, <laughs> I think, is fine. And the end, I actually quite like the end. I don't mind the end. Oh, it's the bit sake. in the middle where they give the camera to the fucking actors. I don't, it just doesn't work. I, I, well. I know it was a big hit, clearly, 248 million. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Now, there was one, there is one other thing I want to mention in um, the 90s. Have you got anything in the 90s? I've got, I've got one. Go on. I've got one. Um, ring, the ring, Ringu. Yeah, the ring. <laughs> Snap! That's what I've got. Ringu. Yeah, I've got that one. Ushered in the J horror and Asian horror um, genre into the kind of Western audiences. Yeah, you shot in the arm there. Um, it was an incredibly disturbing film. And now, for those people that haven't seen the oh. ring or Ringu, um, director Hideo uh, Nakata, writers Hiroshi um, Takashaki. Oh my lord! What am I even trying to? <laughs> Takahashi <laughs> and Koji Suzuki. Um, that's that he they wrote he, they wrote the novel, so it's a novel based on a novel. I am not gonna I am not gonna try and butcher the. Just Don't, go on IMDb and look because at the stars if you do, what happens is all those boxes behind you will start levitating, <laughs> and you'll call forth the great God Cthulhu, and that'll be it. It's that'll game over, it. man. Um, so <laughs> essentially. This is a this is films essentially about a vid, you watch a videotape and seven days later you die, and unless you can get someone else to watch the videotape and pass on the curse of the videotape. Mm. Now this had now I I've seen a lot of horror films. Richie's seen a lot of horror films. Now I watched the Japanese version first. I didn't see the the American version. Now, the American version is not a bad this remake. Is, I this is where add. we deviate. I watched the American one first. American one, directed by Gore Verbinski, your Pirates of the Caribbean guy. Yeah. There you go, kids. Before he became all Jack Sparrowed up, he was having a stab at this, uh, and it's it's good. Essentially, the films, they're more or less identical. They are. The, the, the American one does explain more because, you know, it has to explain more backstory. We have to have backstory. And the effects um, are a bit slightly more polished. 
but essentially it's the same. It's the same it's film. The same yeah. Film. Now I rewatched. I I loved Ringu and um, the Ring, and I rewatched the Japanese version just the other day, actually. And it doesn't stand up as well now, but I think because the shock has happened. Now, mm. this is a spoilerific podcast. We have mentioned this before, but I am not. If you haven't seen the ring, I am not going to spoil the ring for you. I am not mm. going to give you the big wow, twist. That is that is fucking that big of me. Very isn't it? big of you. That is uh, very no, grown up. Because when the when it. When it happened, I was like watching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit! I yeah. did not see that coming. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I don't want to ruin that for anyone that, that's I, watching it. I said exactly the same thing in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, oh, well, the old watching it. I was it, like, but, oh uh, my yeah. god. Yeah. So, uh, and it, it it had quite an effect on the people I was with w- w- watching it, much to my amusement. <laughs> <laughs> I did take the piss out of him for a while, but yeah, it's it is good. And yeah, if you don't want to, if you can't get hold of the Japanese version, or you don't want to watch the subtitles. If, if go if for the American one, go for we the American one. It's just as good. Yeah, won't um, judge you at all. Yeah, they, they have good. done a couple of good for, for that sort of film because you got let the right the right one in as well. It's, it's not part of this kind of podcast really, but the remake of that's not bad either. Again, they explain mm. more backstory like they have to feel like they have to, and I wish they didn't. I think that's better left kind of more to the imagination of what went, you know what went on. I don't need to know. I don't need to see it on screen. But that's a really good film as well. Let the right one in. But it's not, not for this podcast. Okay, podcast. so what's next? Well, I have one more, and it's only one a light more. mention. Yeah. And this is, I'm in the 2000s now. Yeah, I've got one. You've got one more. One and it's more. probably good because we're kind of coming to the end here now. So I'm, I'm going to mention, we, we mentioned zombies earlier on. I'm going to mention zombies again. I'm purely oh, right. and utterly because they changed the way zombies work. Um, and 28 days later. Yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah. Yeah. And purely because they changed it. Because all up till then, we had George Romero shuffling zombies in no matter what, what we watched. And, you know, they, they are the classic zombies at Night of the Living no Dead. No shuffle. And yeah. The Walking Dead, they, they stick to that as well, and what have you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Now, you can escape. With that, it's kind of the, the continuous threat that's coming towards you, isn't it? It's this unstoppable threat that's but coming towards you. And when they hoard together... Bitches be all us falling over, though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but if... when you've got a fucking zombie that's come running at you at the, spe- at the speed of a... Speedy thing. Mm. Um, yeah, that's scary in another. That's a, on another level. Technically, not zombies. They had the rage virus, but still, you know, zombies. Zombies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to mention that as, as a light mention. It kind of changed the genre up a little bit. And it and it did because I've done the math. I've done the Johnny Ball math. You math. see, uh, are we American? Are we? Yeah, the math. math. You know, Mathematics. Li- Living Dead, 1968. 28 Days Later, 2002. It took them 34 years to put the Nikes on. <laughs> and boy, did they put the Nikes on. They did. It's a, I mean, 20 Days Later is a, is a great film. Again, a low-budget film. Oh, yeah. It's a low-budget film. Da- Danny Boyle, written by Alec Garland. Alec Garland, Alex Garland, sorry. He's really done good a lot, writer as well. Yeah, he's a very he, good he, writer. He pops up quite, quite frequently. you got Killian, um, Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, and Christopher Elkerson starring in, in that film. And filmed on location in and around London. Yep. No, no, no CGI backdrops. 
Real London streets. They tipped a bus over, stopped traffic, tipped the bus over, got it back up, cleared it all up, buggered off pretty quickly. I think they did it on a Sunday morning or something something ridiculous. It's atmospheric as hell. Although the only the only slight issue I've got with it is is how quickly everything descends into madness. Yeah, when Christopher Eccleston comes in as a soldier and you know, they've already gone a bit crazy and it's it's literally twenty nine days later. And it's it's a little it's bit. A bit that's, it's yeah. a bit, yeah. Uh, but uh, everything else is spot on, and you you actually feel for the characters. There's a, a father, and I was like, I, I, I couldn't believe. Oh no, he he gets infected. Oh no, it's like, and it was purely by accident. Yeah, and that's that's something. It, um, you know, the Walking Dead has continued on as well, killing off random characters in the most way before Game of Thrones. Made it popular. Instead, yeah. instead of killing off in big ways, they just they get killed off by silly Kill little off. things. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that's that's what life is. Life sometimes is just a bit <laughs> shit. And there you go, life lessons and movie bollocks. Yeah. So yeah, just I'm just gonna I'm gonna mention Alex Garland because he is a very good writer. He's done Ex Machina. He did Annihilation as well, which um, I I quite enjoyed. Didn't he have something to do with um, Dread? He did indeed write Dread. <laughs> we might we might come on to we might I'm talk just about like Judge, Judge clawing Dreads. that out of thin air. <laughs> um, did Sunshine as well? Again, some some of it worked. Some of it the, the kind of when it kind of got into the last third of Sunshine, I wasn't I didn't like. Mm. But, uh, we're going off topic again a little bit here. But but the sad thing is, right? That was twenty days later. Okay, it was not a massive shift, but you know, like, as you said, the the Nikes on and they started running. But since then. No. Has there, has there been a big evolution in horror? Has there been anything else? Nothing that stands out to me. Well, no. There are plenty of good films. And again, we might talk about these at a later date because we're big horror fans. But Yeah, nothing that ups, ups the genre or... But changing the genre? Changes it. No, you know, it's... No. No. Again, if you think that we're wrong, by all means. Yeah. Let, let us know, but... We're talking about films that changed the horror genre. And in, in true horror style, we're going to end on that downbeat note. <laughs> Since 2002, there have been no big changes in horror films. You've just, we've just bimbled along. That's it, yeah. Rehashing, reinventing, rebooting. Ooh. Oh, fucking stop rebooting. Hollywood, seriously, stop yeah. rebooting. We've had enough. There are plenty of decent writers out, new writers out there, new talent out there. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. Yeah. Bloomhouse is, is, is giving it a go, but you know. Stop rebooting. Stop rebooting. If you've liked us, and if you fancy a little, if you liked us, not some sort of <laughs> dating like show. Go if on. you like us, I don't uh, like you. You'll, you'll find us on uh, twat. <laughs> <laughs> so if you fancy a bit more diabolical film banter from two blokes, essentially talking bollocks, then like and subscribe to the podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Also, if you do feel the need to follow us, or indeed message us, we've given you loads of ammunition this this episode bloody hell on the interwebs you can do so via facebook twitter youtube instagram and tiktok just search for the diabolical film show so it leaves it for me to say thanks for listening on the incredibly downbeat and catch you later and for me till next time keep it spooky tatty bye